welcome to Group Dates and Hot Takes. I'm Sampy. I'm Christy. Let's talk about Married at First Sight. Hello, everyone. It's a great day for another recap of Married at First Sight. Christy, are you ready to talk about the episode? I am. There were some interesting developments, I'd say. Oh, thank goodness. After such a bummer loser episode last week, we finally get a little bit of excitement, a little bit of, uh, I think, advancing relationships, even. Yeah, some experts help. Wow. I can't believe it. And it looks like next week we have the experts again, so they're showing up, you know, after everything has fallen apart, but at least they have shown up Mm -hmm. in back-to-back weeks. Perhaps they're starting to realize we may need to be more Mm hands-on here. For just, you know, just a little bit. (laughs) Well, start us off. Um, we see Shaq heading to Memphis, so he'll be gone for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Jasmine has her guard up, but she is still hopeful. No, she's I'm not, not sure why, she's, but... She's not hopeful. There, There's no hope there. That's she's, called... She's putting on a brave face. Yes, that, exactly what I was going to say. It's called putting on a brave face for the cameras. Nicole and Chris are installing a bidet so they can have fresh tushies. Ah, uh, that was pretty funny. It was. They were, like, testing it out. Yeah, I guess I guess this was really Nicole's thing that she wanted. And so uh, Chris went ahead and installed it for her. Uh, I mean, when she tested it out, though, it didn't really seem like she was a, a bidet expert but no. that may have just been uh and i'm not a bidet expert either but I, I would guess they probably got just the fairly inexpensive version that you just like plumb it into the water line and so it's just it's cold it's oh. not it's not warmed water so it's like a jet of freezing cold water yeah, straight were, straight to your butthole. If I were going to get one of those, it would have to be a better version. Mm-hmm. So uh, Chris decides that he's willing to try it out as well. And I, I thought this was a really nice relationship moment because he was not at all, not at all sure about this whole thing and getting blasted with it. And she's just dying laughing on the floor outside of the the bathroom as as he's talking about it he i think he felt a little violated by by the bidet but apparently they're they're real great uh, and they're uh gaining quite a following especially over the past like three years and all the toilet paper shortages and and so forth so nicole strikes me as a very proactive person so i'm not surprised this is something she would have been like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think also uh, this is just one of those things that, and I it seems like Chris and Nicole are, are pretty good about this in particular, just sort of being able to come up with things and have ideas of stuff to do together that could be like a bonding thing, have fun together, learn more about each other. Because at the end of the day, a bidet is a bidet, but the the good stuff that came out of that, the the emotional connection and everything, that's what's really important. And I feel like a lot of these other couples don't necessarily quite have the same grasp of life and what's what's happening. <laughs> uh I mean, Clint and Gina, maybe a little bit, but they're still so stuck on the physical aspect that it doesn't really grow them as far as it could. But I don't know. I just enjoy seeing these two. And I really, every week, I'm just like, don't self-sabotage. Don't, don't, don't do it. Do not, 
self-sabotage. Just keep going in a good direction. Keep dealing with your your prior pains and traumas and, and the context of a healthier relationship and just don't don't destroy yourselves. Yeah, they are currently thriving. Hoping it stays that way. For the moment. So speaking of Clint and Gina, it's time for their visit with Dr. Pia. Yes, this is the Dr. Pia visit episode. Uh, and I don't know if this is mean necessarily, but I just, I get the impression that she's the most competent expert. You know, I don't disagree. I mean, she, I think I noticed this last season. She really seems like she knows what she's talking about. Like the questions she asked, they're like really pointed and direct. They really seem to like get under the surface of like what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, I it may, it may just be what we're shown of the different experts but it does i just i get that that impression because she really seems to come in gun, guns blazing she doesn't let them get away with anything like when gina and clint lied and said things are good uh-huh yes i noted they claim things are good <laughs> it's like you guys are sleeping in separate bedrooms that's not good well if if you are defining good within the context of a marriage well what other context (laughs) would there be well it's uh they're good in the context of a friendship well (laughs) i guess this is this isn't quite friendship at first sight no it is it is married at first sight and it it does amuse me a bit because after that and what we've said about it right afterwards gina says that it, it they don't feel like they're married yeah like, so wipes out the things are good no comment. no crap they don't feel married they're they're a sort of intentionally withholding parts of themselves that you need to not hold back if you're if you're in a marriage yeah clint says they have a physical barrier they do desire sex outside of each other. Yeah, that was that's interesting. They, they're they're not drawn to kiss or flirty with each other. Uh, none of none of that stuff. But they 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 have sexual feelings, just not about each other. Yeah, that occur in their separate bedrooms. Yes, that was a little. That's sad. Yes, but also just the way that it was put like fulfilling our desires is an independent endeavor yeah oof <sighs> i don't know i <laughs> that's so depressing like the two of you are right there in the same apartment mhm and and it's not like we have that much further to go to decision day anyways i i don't remember what day we're at right now but at some point during this episode we're down to two weeks so they are running out of time that's that's not much time gina was hoping it would happen organically if people stop with this this is not an organic process no you it's the opposite you i'm sorry but you got to go with the gmo physicality and intimacy okay you gotta you gotta you almost have to force it almost you have to like fast track it yeah i mean it takes a and i guess an additional level of vulnerability to just sort of be like oh screw it we're married let's do all these married things not even just talking about sex but like Okay, we're gonna share a bed. We're going to make our shared schedule. Like all the million relationship things, when you start holding back from those elements, it's it's not great. I also feel like the primary obstacle right now for them is probably Gina. Yeah, I've felt that way for a while. It seemed all to me that Clint would have been willing to like give things a go if she had been willing 
yeah, he seems to have let some things go. I mean, I don't know if he's really forgiven the gingery comments, but he's at, he seems to have at least moved past it, and he keeps indicating and saying that he is game to sort of incorporate some of these things, be trying to take their relationship to the next level, um, and they're kind of blockaded at, at the moment since... And I, I'm sure this isn't the only issue, but for this episode, the big thing was that for Gina, talking about sex with Clint is icky. It's <laughs> Grosses real, it's, her out. It's really icky, which is just... Like, why? Why does... Does the idea of Clint gross her out so much that she can't even talk about it? I mean, that... That feels to me like the most logical thing because otherwise it's like they're both well into their adulthood. Like they should be able to have these conversations. And it didn't seem like this was just a general problem she had because she was even talking about how, uh, well, I think it was later on that she sent nudes to people. So like it's not. I think Clint is the problem. Yeah. She Which hasn't quite decided that she can view him in any sort of sexual way or even have those conversations because I guess having those conversations would admit that he is a person, a sexual person, and things might get out of hand. Yeah, in general, that just read to me like she's a little repulsed by him, that which is, is not great. That that is one way to put it, and I, I don't know that you're wrong, necessarily. I mean, she even says she doesn't know if the marriage will last when Doctor Pia asks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Then they start talking about like what sort of things would turn you on, and they talk about scents, mm-hmm. cologne. Yes. Clint is aroused by sexy scents yeah he likes a rich vanilla scent and they talk about music do you think that part of the problem is that even though they aren't super far apart in age that maybe gina views him as a bit of an old fogey that could be part of it just based on some because you right here for example talking about how she doesn't think he has swag. And she's made kind of similarish comments throughout the season as well. So I I do wonder I mean, if maybe that could be part of it, where she's like, oh, man, I don't know. He's just not hipping with it enough for me. I mean, I don't think he's a t- like a super swag person either. That's just not his vibe. You didn't think that, uh, what was it, like, like two-tone blazer that he wore to one of the (laughs) things you didn't think that that was swag no i mean he's got his own style i wouldn't call it swag i mean clint said he's been quantified as the king of swag i mean he's 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 just kind of uh, it's one of the things that it it seems like he does is he uses a lot of like deflection and sarcasm and and humor like that in this type of situation. Uh, And I wouldn't necessarily even say that he was particularly hurt by this, but it seems like that's his reaction to comments like this. It's like, okay, let me tell you. Everyone else tells me that I have the most swag of all. So I, you know, I'm sure nobody has told him that it's just how he responds to stuff like that uh what did you think of their homework i mean i think it's good advice to like get your mind off of the end result of sex and just focus on like other forms to build up to that Mm -hmm. which is i feel like that's a very 
valid and potentially helpful way to go about it. But I also do feel like for these two, if they just had sex, it would probably turn the page for them as well. Maybe. I mean, if she can stomach it. <laughs> well, well, that's well, that's why they that's why Pia gave them this homework. Yes. <laughs> Because, I mean, you just keep looking back across the season. There's so many things. It's like, you guys are a good couple. They, just, like, they, they couldn't get past like build, the build the Build the necessary bridge. Like. I mean, this visit should have happened in the beginning of the season. I know. I... Please do it's, that. It's like, too late. Like, these are the conversations you need to be having, like, the day after the wedding, before before you go to the honeymoon, Jamaica yeah. or whatever. Like, screw meeting with the angry cousin. You know, <laughs> have them actually have a useful conversation. With with somebody who actually seems to know what they're talking about, like, uh, why why do they not do that? But I, because I do genuinely think that they are a good couple. Like they both seem like they fit well with each other, if the physical attraction piece can happen, and they both seem like solid people in terms of their work ethics and careers and personalities and goals and all that stuff uh, so i just i keep wanting to be optimistic because i want them to succeed but i'm still not sure it's going to be possible so dr pia then meets with eris and jasmine which is super uplifting isn't it yeah i mean she admits she's not getting her needs met and that he friend zoned her. Yeah. On the honeymoon. On the honeymoon. Yeah, because I believe Pia like asked, like, like where basically how they were doing their relationship. Like, are you guys friends? And Jasmine was like, Oh yeah, we're friends. <laughs> Cause he friend zoned me on the honeymoon. Which is a bit of a dig, but it's accurate. Eris says that it's like awkward to hug her. It's like he can't even get past, like, he's created this barrier, like, in his mind of, like, anything physical towards her. Right, which just gets more and more awkward the longer you let it go. I mean, it's just, it really is just a psychological problem. Yeah. But it's a psychological problem that grows and grows and grows the longer you don't deal with it. Because, like, I feel like most people, unless they're supremely, like, antisocial or introverted, but even then, like, most people, if they had someone they really loved, chances are they would like a hug every now and again. And it wouldn't be a big deal to just, oh, let me put two arms around you. Oh, so difficult. Or even the the whole kissing thing. Like, kissing is not that difficult. But the more you build it up, the more it sucks. And they're in the suck phase. They've been in the suck phase, but they're like in the really suck phase. Yeah, I mean, this whole visit with Dr. Pia was... I mean, I guess at the end... We learn that Eris appreciates, like, getting called out for his BS, which is an interesting form of, like, attraction, I guess. But I feel like Jasmine shouldn't have to, like, go through all that for him to show her any attention. Yeah, it is a, it is a, a little bit strange. It's like he wants someone who's not as like agreeable like he mentioned or someone a little more fiery yeah i just 
you don't get to choose your spouse in this process. No, you got to work is... work with what you have. And, and he, yes, he's been through so many trials and tribulations with, with the butt and not having quite enough to love there. <laughs> but I feel like he keeps making... Uh, I guess it keeps moving the goalpost, you could say, of what what it will actually take for him to be attracted to her. Yeah, because first it was the butt, then it was this lack of swag, the style, Mm -hmm. and now it's she's not calling me out enough or whatever. Yeah, so it's like, oh, well, if she just, if she just could, you know, call me on my BS when I'm like being irritable or whatever, like... That would just really turn me on. It's like, I I don't know that it will. I really don't. He always looks so uninterested as well. Like, just his expression. Whenever we see him on camera, like, he'd, like, super low energy. Yeah, it's like he's depressed that, he's, that he yeah. has to do this. <laughs> Which, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I mean, the... The whole reason, right, that he did Married at First Sight was because he wanted to have a serious life partner and not be able to run away. But now he's miserable and he's stuck. I mean, he's not really stuck, but yet, like, that's not necessarily the best of reasons to marry someone. It's like, oh, man, I'm just super lonely all the time. Life kind of sucks. Let me just marry this person I can't stand. And then at least I won't be alone. Like, I, that, that sort of thing doesn't really work out, typically. What did you think of uh, Jasmine here? Because she was talking about briefly that, like, she is being forthcoming and stuff, which he doesn't agree with really and i don't know that i do either i mean i think she's just done i think she's not gonna be forthcoming if he continues to act like this so yeah i just why make that claim that she is forthcoming yeah that she's being more forthcoming or making an effort when I mean, if I, you I don't aren't. know. I don't know what we're not seeing. I mean, the stuff we saw last couple of weeks—it doesn't seem like she was. But no, everything we've seen has been just more being shut down and not being able to really engage. You know, talking about the the questions they had in the jar, like all of those different circumstances. We haven't really seen her engaging, uh, or being emotionally forthcoming i it was i was just curious about that because i don't blame her it's just also kind of weird to be like yeah like i am doing this stuff so maybe she is i mean Eris seems to pick up on the fact that she isn't from his perspective too so yeah well i would hope so i, f- I feel like you'd have to be real unaware to not notice how unhappy she is. Because that, like, she is genuinely unhappy. Yeah. Like, if I were to be going about my, my my life and think, oh, what is unhappy? What does unhappy mean? I would think of her. These, these past couple weeks especially. It's just, you you see that like written on her face and like inscribed in her soul. It is so depressing. Yeah, ever since the one month anniversaries. Yeah. We then see Clint and Gina. Back to them, a little palate cleanser. They're trying to get <laughs> physical. I have a... Yeah, Clint is to be a little sensitive about her thinking he has no swag. Yeah, she says, we'll have to get you a swagged out haircut. And he's like, oh, now my hair isn't swag? I do think he needs a little bit of a haircut. Well, yes, but and I look, I, I actually appreciated this sequence because 
I, I feel like it showed a little bit of their their dynamic and that they do have something there because she was kind of giving him crap about that, right? And come to find out, like, he just cuts his own hair. And so she, I, I think what she said was, well, like, what do you expect when you've been cutting your own hair for seven years or so, like something like that? And he was like, yeah, fair. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you got me there. My my whole thing here is why don't you like bring him to your salon, give him a great haircut, go out like go shopping together. Like that that seems like a very potentially positive thing for them because that connects them because of her salon stuff right but also gives an opportunity for her to show him what she thinks swag actually is and gives him a chance to respond to that in in some form or fashion i just i think that that would be a really helpful thing for them to do yeah sounds like a good date night i mean she did say whether we stay married or not, you'll thank me for that. <laughs> for the haircut, yeah. <laughs> it's not very promising, but I do think on After Party, it, he got, like, since then, he's gotten a bit of a haircut and it looks better. Well, so. maybe maybe they used that as a connection point. Maybe. I mean, that, that's what you have to be thinking about and, and taking advantage of these these connection points that come up that give you an opportunity to actually move your relationship in the right direction. And I really think this is one of those moments. Will they yeah. take advantage of it? I don't know. I guess maybe we'll see. Maybe we kind of saw with the updated haircut. But maybe that was a post-divorce haircut. Like, ha, huh, screw you. I'll get a haircut now that we're divorced and you can't enjoy it. <laughs> no, I, I hope that, that that turns out well. We bounce back to Shaq and Kirsten on a video chat. <sighs> These two. This was a very awkward chat. It's like they had almost like it was just like two days after the wedding and they're still like strangers getting to know each other. I think it still comes down to them, both of them, not being good at communicating what they want and what they need. Because if you skip ahead a bit to the after party, right, when uh, Kirsten was talking about it and the, like, just just the fact of like do i go do i not go like i wanted to go i missed him like but i didn't want to go like all these things it just say them say the things yeah they keep telling other people how they feel about <laughs> right, each other right right <laughs> that it just makes no sense to me it's so frustrating it's like you're married to this person. What like why are you telling Nicole this? Tell your husband this. Or you know, why are you telling Eris this? Like tell Kirsten. What I don't understand. Yeah, and then she like hangs up and then calls him back to blow him a kiss. Well, I guess she she blew him a kiss, but he didn't I guess, see or, or return it. And so, and like ended the call, I guess. And so she called him back because he hadn't returned the kiss. It's just so <laughs> cringe. I, I think that's just another example of the expectations that Kirsten has of how things are going to go and how things should go. And the how she sort of, pushes back and tries to align reality to what she thinks it should be 
and he doesn't always pick up on that but he also i think ends up being kind of stubborn sometimes as well because he's like what like why do you have these expectations of me i'm gonna do i'm gonna do my own thing sorry you know they're both super independent and that's clashing Uh, a little bit a little bit huh (laughs) i would say clashing a lot We see Dr. Pia with Nicole and Chris, Mm -hmm. where things are great, but then we delve into, I guess, Nicole's, like, previous relationships and, like, the role sex played in that. She describes it as, like, hate sex. Yeah, that's, that is unfortunate. Yeah, it doesn't sound super healthy. No, they both they both actually have I mean it's not like identical or maybe even super super similar but they both do share some elements of of past in terms of how their relationships have gone um and I, I mean I don't think Chris has had a relationship that went as toxic and abusive as Nicole had to live through and survive but he's had some some of that that stuff and so just the fact that like sex in prior relationships was kind of a negative thing when push come to shove at the end of the day and so uh, i guess that's that's why they decided to wait not have sex on the honeymoon was to try to like reframe things and build that like emotional connection and try to have a healthy relationship without sex before before bringing it in so nicole needs more foreplay i don't think that's uncommon for a woman at least wow are you just saying men are bad at sex no <laughs> i just women yes, are different yes you, yes you are no i'm just saying women are different <laughs> women are not microwaves so Wait, is is that something you've heard somewhere or is that something you just came up with no i've heard that somewhere okay hmm. women are not microwaves well that is true women so, are not microwaves but she kind of like implies like oh but things are still good but then Dr. Pia is kind of challenging her to like, you know, like say what you want and. Right. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, you can go. I I was just going to say exactly right because she still gets stuck a lot of the time viewing her current relationship through uh, some of the, the lenses of those prior relationships and so, like, because she's when they were answering the questions on the on the exercise bikes, like, I'm just worried that I'm gonna like screw something up and like blow this relationship up. Mm-hmm. Like, she keeps getting stuck in that mindset when this is completely different. And so, like, you can still be happy in this relationship. And happy with things, how things are going, but still be able to ask for what you feel like you need or what you want. Like, and he seems like he's super receptive. Like he's there to support her and and be her husband from everything we've seen. So she just has to make those requests, and and I guess have the confidence that he will not react like her previous abusive relationships that she he would be able to hear hey yeah like let's do have more foreplay and be like okay yeah sure let's do that because he was even kind of like he's like yeah sure let's do more foreplay yeah she just has to trust him and also like trust herself that she's not effed up like dr p was telling her like don't say those things about yourself right it's a it's a reframing that has to happen 
there of of how she views herself and uh you know not viewing it as just oh man i'm just a terrible awful person but hey i've been through some horrible things and now i'm in a healthy relationship and i can trust and and lean on this this man because everything he's done so far has indicated that he is uh, to borrow a bachelor phrase here for the right reasons <laughs> and and actually wanting to have a, a sustainable healthy relationship yeah overall things are still good with them mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of emotion from nicole for sure yeah um I, I I did uh, find the the ITM she had there um, kind of funny because she was obviously like very st- still very emotional like man I just thought that Dr. Pia was gonna come in and be like oh yeah you guys are doing great and like here are some tips for a, a great sex life and I'd be like oh no thanks like our sex is wonderful but like it really. She got me, <laughs> which again I think is just a testament to uh, P.S. competency and the ability to to kind of look at the information that she had about them and speak some actual helpful stuff, you know, and basically speak to a part of their relationship that I think is potentially a problem if they are you know if they aren't able to kind of keep having these conversations and keep working through the the trauma that they both have yeah so there you go Mm. back we we see a quick little thing with jasmine and eris where he revealed he talked to her sister and you know, drop this bombshell that he only clapped on the wedding day. She came down the aisle because Pastor Cal basically uh, yeah, told, told him, him to, told like, him even if you're not feeling it, like, make her feel good. I don't know why he would have told uh, him that. And Jasmine took this as, let's just call my wife down and lie to me. Like, mm. what? don't, if you don't feel it, don't clap. Like, that's just, that's, if he comes out later that that was fake, that's just doubly worse. Yeah, and it also does, and maybe things would be different if things had gone differently. But like, it just starts the relationship off on the wrong note. Yep. <laughs> Which they like, they didn't need any help in that department uh, to begin <sighs> with, because like, I get the sort of the idea there, right? Of like. Sometimes in life, you need to take action even if your heart or your mind aren't in in something, like in order to actually make progress and and all of that. Like sometimes you, that's just what you have to do. And then, oh, I like, okay, I'm doing this action. Oh, I'm starting to feel it and, and everything. But that would maybe work on somebody that didn't have so many issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was not very happy about that. No, I, w- I wouldn't be either. That's that's ridiculous. She was very unhappy about that. And kept bringing up the, the, the lie. Yep. Yeah. So time uh. for Dr. Pia's visit with Kirsten and Shaquille. Kirsten's mm-hmm. like, things are going uh. great. I don't know why these people say this stuff on camera. We know. We've seen the footage. It's not going great, Kirsten. Shaq at least tells the truth and says things have been rocky. (laughs) (laughs) The complete opposite. (laughs) They've been greatly rocky. (laughs) So she talks about how she finds him attractive. Apparently it's when he was moving boxes, using his muscles being masculine so pia kind of picks up on the word masculine here and asks is he masculine do you think he's masculine and kirsten's like that was a really long well that was a really long pause 
he is. <laughs> the way she said that was so funny to me. You, you didn't even do it justice. Though. No, like, it, it, was, was, it was longer. It was, but... like an, it was almost an entire commercial break long <laughs> of, of just waiting for, for that response. And I just, again, all this comparing Shaq to her dad. Oh, she's got to stop that. I know. I, Why? I literally wrote, please stop. Doing this, he, he is not your dad. No, he's he's not. And so, like, she is defining this as as that, like, picking up the boxes, fixing a toilet, uh, changing the oil in the in a car, like all this stuff. Um, and it just it's just ridiculous. I mean talk about how like well this like do you feel like he you know like make, did make you feel safe and he's like well yeah, yeah but like i kind of i don't know if i really feel it and i haven't I just, seen that yet yeah, i haven't seen it and rightfully so i mean i loved his response he's like what well, you you want to get jumped at a gas station you're like you want to get carjacked like it's just insane honestly yeah, like, what does she expect from him? She expects for him to be a carbon copy of her father. Like, I if guess. that's what you wanted, you should have like gone to your local church or whatever. I'm sure there's somebody there that fits that. But you can't go unmarried at first sight and her. expect who you're matched with to mimic your dad. And and this is a little mean, but like. Why don't you just go marry your dad? Like, he's available from what I heard. Wow. Like, that that was that was probably excessively mean. But, like, you get my point. Like, there are people that fit that. But you can't. It's, it's not going to happen on this show. Right. But, like, my point, too, is that, like, she is putting him up on this pedestal of, like, what a man should be like how how man should act like all this different stuff and like her parents ended up divorced and i i obviously don't i don't know any of the circumstances you know if there were it was just like oh we don't love each other anymore let's get divorced or you know some sort of infidelity happened on either part like i don't know any of that but to just to still be putting him up on a pedestal like that is so so unrealistic Shaq is his own person with his own strengths and weaknesses and i mean for whatever his flaws are i would say like he's made a genuine effort to be in this marriage i mean he hasn't been perfect through it <laughs> but like he's tried and I don't think that she's really given him a chance. No, because her expectations are too high, which is what Dr. Pio was talking about. Like, will this succeed if he doesn't meet your definition of masculine? <laughs> and she's like, well, if he meets other needs. I just... Because part, part of my issue is not even so much that she has high expectations. It's that she has hyper specific expectations it's like the thing with the humor she's like no i don't like your humor she does seem no. very hard to please yeah i don't i don't necessarily get it like she seems like she's a successful person and well like she's the one that has the two degrees right I don't remember. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she is. Um, but like, so she's an accomplished person. Like, he's no slouch either. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. It's just constant comparison to her father. And I mean, just the fact that, dude, I mean, he brings this up of that, he thinks she wants him to mimic her her dad 
where she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, no, he is totally right there. Yeah, that's exactly it. He he is totally right. And just, it's kind of depressing, to be honest with you. You know, you just see him, like, that from day one, he's been having to prove himself. Yeah, they. Did, I love how we didn't even get to talk about any, like, sex stuff with them. It was all... All of this other stuff that's crowding out everything. Yeah, I, I mean, the theme of this relationship really has been guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. As far as how uh, Kirsten has viewed Shaq. It's like, no, you will rescue me from a gang of kidnappers. You know, we see we see the preview. Apparently, they they had sex here, so they probably did get carjacked, and he had to rescue her. And so, then she felt like, oh wow, this man actually can protect me. I'm, I'm sure that didn't happen, but it feels like it's the only way it could happen. So yeah. So I guess everybody <sighs> received a like a sex gift basket from the experts. I think we've well, seen this in for, previous seasons. For Chris and Nicole, it was, a, it was a whole like chest, like a pirate yeah. chest. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just kind of playing around with all this stuff. I guess Clint and Gina also got, theirs was yeah. maybe a gift basket. Yeah, there was, theirs wasn't uh, quite as fancy or large. I was really cracking up because what Nicole and Chris were sent was and was like the fanciest of what we saw and so they're open and they're like pulling all this stuff out talking about it and they're just like yeah and just close it up again <laughs> i mean they're good they they don't they don't even need the help yeah i i just thought it it was it was funny because it's like oh he, like explore things and they're like nah we're okay <laughs> couldn't gina use the i guess the feathers and the hairbrush, Gina actually seems to like those items. Well, yeah, so there's there's tied, I think, more directly into the exercise that Pia gave them to start uh, exploring some of this fig- uh, the like the physical stuff in a lower stakes mm-hmm. way. Uh, apparently, uh, the exercise they were given uh, is called just the tip. <laughs> Wow, how clever! Um, which uh, the the first part of that right was uh, all of these sexual questions. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the the fact that uh, Gina had sent nudes before. Apparently, Clint has as well. Which I I was cracking up at because <laughs> she's like, oh, "You you send dick pics?" And he's like. No. Okay, no. I send nudes. In committed relationships, but I send nudes, you know? Like, the whole thing, you know, landscape, portrait, like, <laughs> not not just dick pics. Uh, I didn't really need to know that, but here, I, look, here we are. He's a sexual person, okay? Yeah. Sh- Shaq and Kirsten also got... I guess an assignment from Dr. Pia. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, can I, I want to get more of your opinion on how you think Clint and Gina's thing went specifically because the, the second part of it, right, was like touch each other with these objects. So they had a feather, they had like a little massager thingy, they had a hairbrush. Um, how, how did you think that that actually went because i'm kind of on the fence um i mean gina like said it wasn't as awkward as she thought it was gonna be but i still don't think that's really gonna lead to anything yeah i I think they're just completing the exercise yeah i was just i was just scratching my head a little bit and you know we only have so much footage we can see but it seemed like they were supposed to like use each of these things for an extended period of time. But what they really did was just like, oh, I've run the hairbrush down you once. Done. 
uh, it's hard to tell because so much gets cut out. Mm, I don't yeah, know. We yeah. saw a few strokes with the hairbrush, but yeah, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I I still they definitely need more buy-in from Gina if this is if this is gonna work and escape the the friend zone into real marriage. Uh, but yes, let's let's go back to Shaq and Kirsten. So I guess the assignment was picking out items that they think are sexy. I don't I did not remember what the actual assignment was. I think I focused on the fact that like she's blindfolded and he's like tying her up with rope after she walked to the washing machine. Yeah, so I think he he decided that he was going to like enhance this a bit and make her like get the things that he thinks are sexy. So he had her blindfold herself and then like gave her directions around the apartment. And she was not really having it at first, but I guess she kind of warmed up to it a bit and pulled rope out of the washing machine or dryer. Then he like wound it around her and led her to the the bedroom, I guess. Yeah, this didn't land for me really. You you think that's uh, something her father does? (laughs) <laughs> wow sorry <laughs> i know you weren't ready for that I apologize. no i was not <laughs> no i they, they they continue to confuse to confuse me because this is something that uh i know i keep seeing where she really seems to only respond to like him taking control or like being dominant which is just it's a little strange to me that like she can't muster a single iota of attraction towards him unless he's like oh i'm gonna tie you up or like what what is going on there this is kind of like uh was it like alexis from last season with needing to be dominated or whatever yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess, uh, Shaq is doing a a bit better because then Justin, since he he's he making ha- an effort, he, he has been in, he has been incorporating some of this stuff, and it seems like was ultimately successful since previews. Uh, well, uh, you know, whereas Justin really wasn't able to figure it out, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, though would that have saved their marriage? No, I didn't, it would not have. Um, it, it, again, I just find it a little strange that most of the time she's like, yeah, yeah, you don't protect me enough. And it's like, oh, wow. Cause she even said as, as he was like winding around her, she's like, oh, like, I think this is kind of hot. I just, like, what's going I, on I think there? Kirsten is just like a conundrum. Oh, like, uh, it's it's very hard to understand. And I know, like, the next thing we see with, like, they're now talking about yeah. his, his <laughs> yeah, trip. Yeah, whole trip to Memphis. So, like, apparently she was supposed to have gone with him, but then, like, she made other plans and he really wanted her to come, but I guess didn't, like, fully express that. But she also wanted to go... But she made these plans. Again, it it feels to me like she just has these expectations of wanting him to make all of the moves. So, like, she's not going to put out emotionally or, like, with communication if if he doesn't first. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of, it feels a bit of, uh, like a bit passive aggressive maybe or just it's just a weird dynamic to be like okay yeah he my husband wants me to go with him i even want me to go with him but let me make plans with my friends and make him be like hey i really want you to go with me will you go with me oh okay sure like, what 
That's Just so mis- not that's not productive at all. Miscommunication again. I I don't understand it. And like he wants to know why he has to keep reiterating things when they've already like talked about it. Uh, so it's just so frustrating to watch it is because it could have been great but here we are (laughs) yeah i don't know if they can recover from this with two weeks left like even even successfully having sex i don't know if they if they can do it because they just talk around each other and even when Shaq got interviewed there and is asked if he's happy, he's like, well, like, I'm grateful. I don't know if I'm happy. <laughs> like, yeah, has that is the happy point. That is, that is so sad. Oh. Yeah, very depressing. Yeah. Well, let's go to the baseball field. Did you enjoy this little get together? Um, yeah, I guess I thought it was everybody together, not guys and girls separated, so it's not quite as explosive as it could have been, but it's still fun to see them interacting. Mhm. Yeah, they the the uh the men went to a Triple A ballpark there in Nashville for some batting practice which they were all pretty terrible at <laughs> which is not not at all surprising I mean, you try hitting a baseball going that fast it's impossible it's not impossible but most yeah. people Shaq has asked up. like what base are you in Kirsten at okay everyone who do you think asked that question <laughs> Yes, that's right. It was Eris. Of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Shaq says second base, trying to get to third. Whatever that means. I mean, I I'm not super familiar with the sexual acts as a baseball metaphor. Uh how how that exactly works out. I May yeah, I feel like it's first base kissing and sec- second base is like heavy petting or something. Like I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I mean, was not equipped for for this. Clint says he is not even at the dugout, <laughs> which is accurate. So yeah, but I feel like I feel like. Give it a give it a little bit more time and they could hit a home run. Wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even I don't know if even I a, see that. even a grand slam though. I probably shouldn't say that because that's probably like a grand slam is probably some like an ho- orgy ho- or something. horrible sex act. That I, I I don't I don't uh, know the the terminology for there. Uh, so yeah, and the, of course the the women had. A very women date you know they this is very classic okay guys go out to the baseball field okay women go make a cocktail little sexist in my opinion like why didn't the guys get to have a, a cocktail yeah. cocktails are great why didn't the know. women go for batting practice i mean come on that would have been so progressive right i it just would have been a little bit more interesting maybe uh, but yeah, they did. They got to make their own cocktails. Uh, they were directed by a nice gentleman there, telling them what to do. Some sort of like coffee espresso cocktail. Yeah, I guess the main point here was that Jasmine has hit her breaking point. Yeah, she starts crying. Yeah, I just feel bad for her. She got stuck with Eris. Hmm. I mean, Shaq will be available after decision day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so terrible saying that, but like, <sighs> I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, hmm. Yeah, man. What a what a disaster. 
So, do you have anything from decision, uh, not decision day, from the after party that you should mention? Um, Just more of, I guess, Kirsten explaining herself, like... Shaq didn't carry in the groceries one time, and that was that. That was a faux pas. That that, that made me legitimately a bit mad, because as I understood it, Shaq was w- like working out. Yeah. At that time, and I don't know if like there there's some difference maybe if. Because, like, I don't know if he was just working out at the house or if he was actually, like, at a gym. Because it's maybe a little bit different if you're just working out at the house. Like, okay, sure, I can just drop what I'm doing for a sec and help you with groceries. But, like, it sounded like he was actually at a gym. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell, but... But she had these groceries to carry in, and he was like, yeah, I can't make it back and care to carry him in and she was like angry that she had to carry in the groceries <laughs> well. i just that that's such a specific again specific expectation that like you gotta you gotta negotiate these expectations like in in a marriage like you can't just okay everything is going to be my way like that's just not how life works and it's just so funny like groceries are such an inconsequential thing it's like you really like i'm sure it's not like she went to costco or something and and had you know a literal ton of groceries she probably had like three bags of groceries what yeah, is yeah it didn't seem like it should have been that big of a deal but Mm-hmm. Just one more thing to add to the pile. Mm-hmm. Of I'm sure. I'm sure her dad brought in the groceries. Oh, I'm sure. Her mom probably never had to carry them in. I just, I just don't personally really as- ascribe to that school of thought, and I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like this super traditional thing or what exactly that comes from, but just the fact that, like, oh, the wife just isn't able to do any of these things (laughs) it's like sure help each other out but like why why is she too good to carry in groceries don't know and then one final phrase from clint the proverbial kimono is open (laughs) (laughs) i don't even remember what that was in reference to but i just wrote it down because it was so funny along with like getting to the crust you know his yeah i I think it was talking about uh vulnerability in in some context with one of the couples but look i actually that that was legitimately a a good metaphor i felt like like it's ridiculous (laughs) i've never heard anybody say that before but but i like I think it really is just something he came up with. So just the the fact that he's like, you know, as people say, the proverbial kimono is open. It's like <laughs> I don't know that anybody else has ever said that. I mean, it's a great, it's like a great metaphor analogy, like for the <laughs> for for the context. But ah <laughs> uh, man, uh, did you want to mention uh, Clint's? sexual activity um i don't know what i was paying close super close attention to that other than the fact that this isn't the longest time he's gone without sex yeah so i think they they had uh, another one of those fake questions i'm really irritated (laughs) by those uh and the gist of it was uh something to do with oh man are you okay clint like you know, you were along with Eris, like being super sexual, and now you haven't had sex for like six weeks. Uh, but apparently, and I, I guess, did he actually say that he had slept with someone recently before the? I think he did. Yeah. So I guess that was the maybe the first time in a while because previously, before this process, he had been in a longer relationship that had kind of messed him up so he can 
he went, he went, didn't he say he went like a year and a half or something? Or maybe that was how long the relationship was. I don't totally remember. But I mean, essentially, he's handling it, okay? He got it. He is independently taking care of his desires, <laughs> as they yeah. said earlier. Ah, uh, man. Any other drama from Kirsten? Nope. Just that's it. Just more sadness. I mean, they talked about the trip a, a little bit more, uh, but not to any sort of satisfying <laughs> place. I just uh, don't. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think about her. I just. It's entertaining, though, that's for sure. Yes, but I also, I just, I feel bad for the parties involved. Yeah, it can't be fun navigating all that. No. No, it's, it's, it's real nice and real positive when these relationships sort of start out strong and, and go well, but when they don't it's just a lot of the suffering of humanity which can be entertaining but i wonder i wonder if there's perhaps something deeply wrong with us that we are willing to watch and enjoy this suffering <laughs> hey they all signed up for it they did but does that really clear us of our culpability i don't know i'm just saying <laughs> that's it it's a little bit of an ethical conundrum perhaps but before we get too deep into the weeds christy what are our socials uh you can follow us at group dates podcast on tiktok instagram and twitter and despite your terrible illness, you still were posting all the time, weren't you? Yeah, still posting some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that we talked to everyone for this next episode of The Bachelor, but that's not true because Zach's season is over. So that means we just have one show to focus all our attention on, and that's Married at First Sight. 